The following resource is presented by the Counseling and Conference Services of IOM America. Welcome to the rejection message. Now, how's that for an intro? I mean, seriously, to try to get excited about talking about rejection, it's like kind of talking about the details of Christ's crucifixion. I mean, it is a huge challenge to see and look at your Savior who is being pieced down by the world, literally flesh-wise, doctrine-wise, in his position of who he is in God. That is the ultimate form of rejection is when someone rejects your belief system. Now, I know that physical persecution is extremely difficult to deal with, so I'm not making light of that in any way. And those of you who know our ministry, we are very, very active, proactive in persecuted ministries that help and service true and well believers or not that are out there suffering for what they believe. That even is in the physical abuse that the person experiences is even directly related with belief. So what you believe is what's behind how you're rejected. Now what we have to do with that is carefully review the importance of you understanding the rejection cycle. If you're not aware of it, there could be ways that you are reacting that you think are righteous and of Christ, when in reality, they are not. Belief is at the root of everything. To have a doctorate degree and to be encouraged to get another one is foolishness to me Because in the world that we live in today, doctrines mean someone who has mastered the knowledge of a given field. Originally, doctors were referred to men and women who studied the doctrines of God, beliefs. If we keep it in the category of doctrines, we're going to lose something. If we put it back into like what we have done on our website is statement of beliefs, you're being left with asking a question, whose beliefs are these? Not what seminary did these doctrines come from? See the difference? So having your beliefs nailed down is critical, and the only way to do that is by studying the external word of God with the spirit, the internal word of God, Having them unite and confirm each other is what causes you to grow. Did you get that? If you read the external Bible and there's no indwelling spirit, fruitless. That word of God's not going to do anything for you. Nothing. You say, but the word of God's active and sharper than a two-edged sword. can literally divide the soul from the spirit, the joint from the marrow, and able to heal every thought and attention of the heart. No, it does not. 
Unless you have the Holy Spirit living inside you and you read the external word. And when those two ignite, that is a moment of transformation and you are changed on the spot. Yes, then it works for you. But it doesn't work for people going to hell. Sorry, Bible doesn't apply to you. It will, if you get the word inside you, to dwell among you so that you can behold his glory so it starts to shine. Then when you read the external world, you're going to have your devotional moments. Wow, Lord, I've never seen that before. He goes, yes, you have. But that's how we feel. Transformation. I'll never think the same way again. No, God expects you to take two years per lesson. Because the human mind is very opinionated. So statistics reveal this to us as well. I wanted to throw this in there. Is that the second most discussed item in counseling is people rejecting you. Now get this. It is the number one reason why you go for counseling. But see, when you get there, the counselor says your number one reason is you're a control freak. Which they say, OCD, forgive me. Then the second thing comes up, and that is, man, you are just so concerned about what others think. Oh, I don't think so. You don't think so? They'll never get that logic until the Spirit reveals it to them. So that's just interesting to me. It's the number one reason why they go for counseling. And it's the second reason. First, control issues. Second is, then I get rejected by people I try to control. And I feel defeated. Well, good. You never want to come to my office for counseling because I'm not going to coddle your flesh. It's going to be spoken over because that's not who you are. So I can slash it up, dice it up, and fry it all day long and you really need to be going, yeah, let's fry this sucker. (laughs) Let's get rid of it. Instead of... Oh, I need to think about this for a couple days. No, you don't. Now's fine. Think the Spirit needs two days to think before the Spirit reveals to you exactly how much Godship you got going on? Or you think the Holy Spirit just might know right now? See, what happens is you have the issue of control. I need two days of full control before I let you know about that. I don't even answer their questions. Because they got control, right? And they're coming in with that control. And they go, okay, what you said yesterday, blah, 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 blah. And they're going, data, 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 knowledge, knowledge, Satan, 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 world, 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 devil, devil, devil. And that's what's going on in my mind. But you can't reject that because if you reject the lie, you reject the person because the person has identity in the lie. And if the person has identity in a lie, they're a liar. If you talk to them about being a liar because they use Jesus' words to prove they're not, you see where it goes? It's full of illogic. You can't disciple a person who's in control. It cannot be done. So you use their worst habit 
work them. Let's take a look at the basic foundational statement of rejection. Here is the real deal, guys. Rejection is withholding love from self, others, and God. Who was the disciple that was given the affectionate title of the beloved? The beloved John. Who was the disciple, the only disciple, speaking of rejection, this is one of my little weirdnesses with God. And personally, I believe he enjoys it. When I sit at my desk and I get into my ideas or thoughts in between what he has said, it really produces intimacy between him and I. This is one of them. Okay, Lord, you know, you said to the beloved, interesting enough, that you are love. Right? God is love. Beloved John wrote it down. We've been using it for generations. So if you're love, and rejection is withholding love, aren't we actually withholding you from self, others, and you? And if I'm correct, according to the Hebrew, that that's blasphemy. And what I got when I was having that dialogue in my run, my, my run through for today was, yes, and who is God? Well, Jesus, who lives in me. Well, now I'm in layer two. Okay, so rejection is withholding Jesus Christ from having relationship with myself and others through me and back onto the Father, the triune of relationships. I am denying it. So rejection is withholding Jesus Christ from self, others, and back to the Father. There are two types of rejection, overt and covert. The overt rejection is obvious or known rejection, like, you know, Finney, I hate you. It's like the little kid going, I hate you, Mommy. Now, you and I know it's not true hatred, because true hatred means murder. But you get the idea from the kid, right? So what hatred, when someone says, I hate you, it is an obvious statement of, I'm about to detach from you. Remember when Jesus said these words, he who hates his life, let me give you the first part. He who loves his life will lose it. He who hates his life, and the word hatred is used both in early and post-Greek. He who hates his life will gain it. So what's really 
going on behind hatred is separation. He who really hates his self-life is going to separate from it and have life. That's the playground I like to play in when I'm having chats with God. And I'm saying, God, show me more of what you already know so I can teach it. I don't want it for me. I want it for giving away. Now, the covert stuff is the worst. Loving on a lukewarm person is like loving on toxic poison. Now, I've learned something. You know, we have an audio series and writing series on betrayal. It went more popular than anything we've ever done. That with our audio and written series on You've Got Hate Mail, top of the chart, they went ballistic because we all suffer with it. But the picture on the cover of Betrayal is getting a hug from a girlfriend and she's got a knife in her hand. So the two ladies think they're friends. or No, the one being hugged probably thinks she's a friend and the other one's about to stab her. In the hug, that is covert rejection. You never know where the knife's going to come from. And as they teach us in self-defense, always watch for the knife, not the gun. So that knife is what is used in pictorial Hebrew for the word betrayal. So covert rejection becomes the main revenge or reaction of withholding the love to get the knife in or using the love to get the knife in. So our new question needs to be can true unsaved people love? And the answer to that is from the Greek and the Hebrew. No, they do not. They lust. If God is love, he's the definition of love. The only way to love is to get God in you. The only way to get God in you is to get Jesus in you. And the only way to get Jesus in you is through the indwelling Holy Spirit. And that's only going to happen upon a true born-again salvation. Now you can love someone and give God to self, others, and back to him. That's true definition of love. So when these unbelievers are saying, oh, I love you, all they're saying is, I lust you. I lust you. I lust that car. Oh, I lust the moon rising up over the... That... How do you love a moon? How do you love a sunset? You see what we've done with it? Satan has diluted the definition of love, which is God. Thus, removing the gospel from love. Here is our purpose statement. Rejection is inevitable. When we react to being rejected, it causes many negative consequences in our lives. 
And it's primarily by using our gotcha patterns. So rejection is the most common consequence of Godship, and we need to be grown into inviting rejection in our lives to the point that we understand that through the rejection is where real growth is. I am well content with, as Paul saying this, rejection. Rejection, rejection, five times he says it. Rejection, rejection. You see, persecution, distress, sufferings, see those things are rejection. Self or others. So the conclusion he is basically saying, I'm well content with rejection. For when I'm weak and being beaten down by self and others, I'm strong. True growth is in the center of persecution, rejection. Let's take a look at the rejection cycle. This is a bit painful for some people. You got this hot-headed guy there on the diagram, and he's making this decision to come in and reject you. And so the hit takes place. Could be, I hate you. Could be, you know, slapping. You know, there's a long list with rejection. So it comes in and hits you in whatever form they're good at in their godship. And you're hit with this rejection and you start to think and feel what? Unloved is usually at the top of the list. Ungod. For this day forward, 602-292-2982, that's my text number. I want you to text me anytime through the conference you want. I will respond to you. 602-292-2982. This topic is going to get some texts coming in. When you tell someone to love rejection and embrace it as a friend, you're speaking Nazi cuckoo. This presenter needs help. Because all of life and its industries is built around stopping rejection. Do you understand that? Janitors, the environment is rejecting cleanliness. Every single occupation in the entire world is built on fighting this. The emergent church, the gracilistic society, the truly deceived fake wannabe Christians who think they're Christians because they know the word of God that's the worst group because it's like trying to make a pathway through a bowl of jello it's easy to cut through jello it's easy to have truth cut through their silly lies but it enfolds again they ask you the same question next week let's see am I the idiot or are they Or is it Satan? It's Satan. He's deceived the world to think if you ask the same stupid questions, someday you're going to get the real answer. Really? I can give it to you at point one. Most of the time. Because there's not that many answers. It's a few. And it folds around. Next week, text comes in. 
Why is it that the truth of God is difficult to understand when... Okay. To know that God will loop with that person for 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 40 years on the same stupid question? That he literally took the time to write out? Demonstrate it? Illustrate it? And regenerate it? You see, that didn't work. So how is it that my words are going to make a difference? They will not. I would be the fool for recycling a stupid question. So this rejection comes in, you start to feel, you, you know, unloved, of course. Well, go to Facebook. Go to Facebook and get your lovies. Because I'm not giving it to you. I'm not loving your flesh. I'm going to hate it. I'm required to hate mine, so why can't I hate yours? You see? Oh, that's bad logic. Really? It set me free. And that's our truth we're dealing with here. So then it loops its way around to number two. Those thoughts and feelings begin to control me. Well, guess what happens after two is behavior. Here comes the phone call. Here comes the email. Here comes the bad discipleship session. Here's when they say I'm not coming anymore. Then I do tend to be a little rude. And I say, I am so glad to hear that. Because you're not ready. See, what it does is it takes the control back out. If you let them leave with control, they'll get in bondage to it. You've got to take it back. They'll think you're the one doing it, but you're not. You take it back, and you take it over to Jesus, and you say, now what can we do to ready them without them knowing it? See, it's still active. There's no detachment. But they think they have won because they've stopped the process. You can't stop God's process. That truly is idiotic. So then number three kicks in, which is your Godship. Maybe you get mouthy. Maybe that's your pattern. Maybe you go silent. Still Godship. Maybe you send hate mail. You got hate mail. Maybe you do the betrayal knife thing. Maybe you play the good Christian, hoping that the other person feels bad. Whatever. It's all Godship. The color of your Godship won't paint my painting. And I am an artist, and I know what that means. Don't tell me what color my tree should be. It's in here, and it's going to be birthed. That's how God is. Don't, don't tell me how I'm to paint your life. I'll tell you. I'm the God of the universe. I'm the God of the painting. I'm the God of your life. Then that kicks in number one again. Rejection. You're trying, trying to get your bearings again. I need two days to think about this. Oh boy, here we go. Well, you got to let them have the two days. They're going to take it anyway. If you say anything, they're going to add five more days to it. Maybe two years. We have one family member that's on her third year of punishment through silence. 
And so I want to go, how long does forgiveness take in your Bible? (laughs) But it won't do any good, will it? It'll take as long as I decide it will take. Well, you know, what I want to say as well is, I don't want your forgiveness. It's cheap. So when people say, will you forgive me for whatever, I'm sitting there as I'm reading, and I'm going, this is so cheap. But if someone sends a message in going, the power of the living God through the mind of Christ within me just revealed to me that I have been blah, 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 blah. And I know it has affected you. And I am just making this known to you. And if you'll join me in the forgiveness of Jesus Christ. I'm like, where's the sin button? (laughs) See, the doctrines are healthy. And all of what you have massaged into the discipleship is right there. Not going back to when they first got saved. Oh, Lord, I'm suffering with not having control. And but what it boils down to is a rejection cycle. Satan knows all you've got to do is hit you the second time and it's over. The tornado is created. This is a looking down into a tornado. He has to hit you the second time the same way to get that Godship pattern to create this funnel of destruction. Two days, two years, 20 years of revenge. Then he can just let it go. Walk away from it. Because you're good at his work without him. So these two types of rejection in our next diagram is that overt and covert have already been defined to you hatred by verbiage or hatred by behavior. Covert, overt. Now, whether it's covert or overt, these are the feelings when that rejection comes in from the rejection cycle, hits, hits that point. This, is, this list that you're looking at is what defines what's going on in front of you. So I'm filled with self-pity. I feel that life isn't worth it. I'm self-occupied. I'm unable to express my feelings. And the list, as you see, is quite long. Now, disciples, pastors that are listening, please listen very carefully. If you attempt to disciple someone who is in the middle of this list, you are the one acting as the fool. The only way to reach a child throwing the fit is after the fit. If you try to engage yourself in the middle of a fit, you get violent behavior. Any decent child counselor knows that. So you have to contain the child so they don't hurt themselves or someone else during the fit. Same thing God does with us. You contain it. If you try to reach in this muck in the middle of it, that 
debris that's going around in that tornado, you're going to get hit by it and could cause further damage. So when communications in person, online, or wherever, you see traces of this flying in through their paragraphs, step back quickly. Don't reply. Or reply with a very general, I'm praying for you. Pray for them. When you settle down a bit, maybe we can chat about this. So the whole Godship kingdom fighting whatever, doesn't work. I don't know why we do it. But it doesn't work. Why would it work for a discipler? Then it goes on to the reacting list, which is the next diagram. And this is now moved its way into Godship. So I'm resentful, I'm bitter, I'm, I rebel against authority, I have conflicting feelings, and as you can see, that list is very long, and that's what we call our short list. Reacting is exactly what the word is. In the Latin, it's repeating the same behavior, the same action. What's the definition of insanity again? What's that again? Doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result each time. Reacting is that. There's nothing new. There's no new aha like, I think I'm seeing something I've never seen before. You know, Christ is revealed. that There's none of that. It's the exact same thing. Bitterness. I went through bitterness and resentful and I wanted to rebel against you and I wanted to, you know, it's the same thing. It's called flesh pattern. And I'm here to tell you, you'll die with it. You can live in it if you want and God will let you. He'll step back. Romans chapter 1 is the most painful chapter in the entire book of the Bible. One of the most painful verses in the entire Bible, Old Testament and New Testament, is when Paul stood in front of someone who was complaining about a young man in the church who reacted the same sin over and over and over and wouldn't listen to the church. Authority. And Paul says, For I have decided to turn such a one over to Satan for the destruction of his flesh to save his spirit. I have done that. I won't tell you how many times I have, but I have done that, and it works instantly. There's immediate destruction. Things start happening in the person's life and it isn't about them even connecting it to their decisions that they make. It is the reality of of God saying that I have turned you over to your own mind, to your own destruction. Then it lists out a whole chapter of ugliness and it finally concludes with deliverance. 
He steps back. And that's where the rejection comes in in a discipleship process is a sense the discipler has stepped back for years. No matter if it's years, months, or days, or hours, if God says, step back, I'll take it from here. And that's the way we're supposed to do it. But if you say to them, I need to step back and turn you over to Satan so he will destroy your flesh so that you you can have your spirit saved, they'd be like, what in the world are you believing? They would never get that. I don't like to talk to Satan. So I just say it to God. I just say, God, I'm clueless. I'm not hearing you. I'm not sure where we're to go from here. Please just say it and I'll do it. Step back. I ask for that from the Lord. If he's silent, I have to stay engaged. If he's not silent, and says, step back, Stephen. And I step back. So it's all about the Holy Spirit being the true counselor anyway. So then it, what Satan wants to do is in our next diagram is get the reactions, reaction, the same fleshly way to God. I resist his authority. I'm unable to trust God. I view God as a tyrant. I'm angry at God. I reject God. I have little real fellowship with God. I'm unable to receive God's love. See, it always comes back to that. So to have an emergent society today that everything's about love, 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 love the gay, love to this, love the murderers, love to this, I don't love anyone in and of myself. Because I just know I'm going to get hurt, I'm going to this, I'm going to that. The love has got to be released through me as a vessel poured over someone so they discover God. Not me. Not so I can get 1,700 Facebook friends versus seven. So it's different. I can't love people. Shannon's one of my most blessed relationships in life. And I can honestly look at my Savior and say, but I don't love him. And Jesus knows what I mean. Because if he turned sour on me and started backstabbing me and doing whatever, you think I would, as a human, go, oh, I love that guy. No, I'd hate him. My flesh would hate him. But see, in Christ Jesus, I could possibly keep on loving him. And he sees a smile on my face and he's guilty of dun, 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 you know. And I'm kind of like, I got your new knife for Christmas. <laughs> and you're looking at it going, oh, he knows. He's heard something. So, but it's a different way of thinking. So the reaction toward God for the enemy is ding, 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 ding. Because you think Satan cares about your pain? He cares about one thing. It's to look in your life and go, to hell with you. 
You think he wants to go there by himself because the number one consequence of darkness is loneliness? You think he wants to go there by himself? i got news for you, Satan, if you do want to listen, but he doesn't. You're not going to be able to have connection and communication with those who followed you. Your darkness will be true darkness. Breathe it. Try to speak to it. And you get nothing but the absence of life. That's what he wants. Stick it to God. So here's our deal. The opposite of the rejection cycle is reversing it at point two. So the normal, natural, neutral rejection comes in. It hits you and you have the normal thoughts and feelings of being unloved and rejected. You know, we're not ignoring reality. We're not acting positive possibility thinking here. We're like, I just got the emotional crap beat out of me. And some physically. So you just own it and hug it. You have to hug rejection at point one. And if you think you're going to get to point two without hugging, embracing rejection, boy, you're just being deceived. It won't move its way down to two to have a new choice happen until you get your arms around rejection and give it a kiss and a hug. Because kiss means seal. It's not sexual. It's not friendship. It's a seal. Kiss means seal. So, you've hugged it, tried to be friends with this thing, gave him a new knife for Christmas, and it released you, hits number two, you're not allowing the thoughts and feelings to control you, you're allowing the thoughts and feelings to switch you back to realigning yourself with who you are in Christ. I'm holy, beloved, chosen, etc., etc. It's a very long list. We have listed out a hundred statements in the Bible that state who you are. And I know there's more. That's what sends that that cycle moving the opposite direction. There's a higher power and presence twisting that tornado cycle and what happens is all the garbage falls to the ground, doesn't it? Dissipates. And there's your answer. Not resisting it. Not doctrinizing it. Not lying to yourself by telling the truth. If you know what I mean. Here's our bottom line. Rejection is withholding love from self, others, and God. As we discovered, there are two types of rejection, overt and covert. That's not culvert, that's covert. Over-rejection is obvious or known rejection, i.e., I hate you. Covert rejection is subtle or unknown rejection, like, you know, smiling on the outside while judging on the inside. I would actively tell you today, do not be friends with someone like this. They can have a very proactive relationship with you and destroy you in the end. We have taught our people here locally through the fellowship 
the Hebrew definition of friendship. Is any one of you want to share with the others what that is? Hebrew definition of friendship is exchanging identity. It works in the three triune parts of life. In the physical, when you have sexual contact with someone, you're literally exchanging germs from each other. It works in the germ world. It works in conception. It works in the soul. You are exchanging ideas. And the reason why Paul said, do not even associate with so-called brethren, the lukewarm church. Don't even associate with them. Why would he say something like that? Because a friendship is exchanging identities. You actually end up getting theirs. And whatever it is you're talking about becomes your mutual identity. So James, Jesus' half-brother, was told by the Lord, write this down. He wrote it down. We got the book of James. In chapter 3 and chapter 4, it talks about he who is friends with the world is an enemy of God. And look it up in the Greek. It's like spit swapping. So there are some very protective things being given to us, but we won't do them. We continue to Facebook. We continue to do friendship stuff that is dangerous. We continue to befriend unbelievers. I don't. They're not my friends. Even the ones I like the most. Friendship is an exchange of identity. I am only friends with Jesus Christ and the body of Christ. Finishing with both of these forms of rejection are consequences of Godship, duh, either by self or others. Without question, we believe that rejection leads to individual attempting to find life externally. And that is our next message. You've been listening to Identity Matters Podcast. We appreciate having you join us today. Feel free to log on to our website at www.iomamerica.org. We have lots of resources available for you on the believer's identity in Christ. Again, thank you for joining us.